0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For information about the church, you can go to our website, connectionschurch.church, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Well, good morning again, and thank you all for coming out today. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to somebody beside you and, no, not say anything. Just give them a big old smile. Would you do that? I mean, a, a big, big, happy, joyful smile because it seemed like when a number of you came in the room today and in the church today, it just seemed a little heavy. It just seemed a little down. So I want you to do, do that one more time. Turn and give them a big old smile and make it genuine from the bottom of your heart. And I know maybe you don't feel like it, but, but just do that. And, and now I want you to say something back to them, okay? Would you, would you just tell them how good they look now with that big old smile smiling face? Actually, I want you to say two things to them because you may be doing them another big favor. If they've got some breakfast in their teeth by chance that didn't actually get out, just let them know that right now so, you know, they'll they'll be able to take care of that too. So welcome to Connections. Good morning. And and boy, the Christmas season is in full swing. Amen? Let me ask you this. Are you dizzy yet? Right? I mean, it's like a whirlwind of activities and stuff and places to be, things to do, people to see, and yada, yada, yada. And we actually... uh. We're able to get our, our car freshener uh, little tree decorated this week that we put up. We went simple this year, you know, the little little tree car fresheners. We just put one of those up, put a little decoration stuff on it, you know, and whoop, we're ready. So, you know, we, we got that. We got it up last week, got it decorated this week, big, big, you know big accomplishment. We're, we're pretty excited about that. So today we move into part two of our Christmas study called Unboxed. And if, if you weren't here last week, you need to go back and, and rewind and check that out because you don't want to miss the kickoff where we talked about the promise of Christmas that Jesus was promised centuries and, and tons of years before he even showed up. And this morning we're moving into talking about the presence. of Of Christmas that and we're we're not talking about these beautiful things that are wrapped up with goodies inside of them and some of you like me may have received a a really nice bird book along the way uh through through your time and you know it was in a really nice package we're we're talking about presents p-r-e-s-e-n-c-e pretty impressed I can spell that aren't you I know you're surprised too really uh, so we're talking about being present being there and I know some of you are kind of disappointed we're not talking about presence and and it's okay we we still want you know to be able to, to give presence and and that's that's a big deal in our, our nation I know and 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 a lot of people count on that so um so what we're talking about unboxing the presence of God in our lives and giving our lives as a presence to others, and there, there's some some amazing numbers from Christmas of last year uh, of just how much we focus on the gift part of things when it comes to Christmas. Key Christmas shopping statistics from 2018. First of all, holiday retail sales in 18 surpassed, grab the side of your seat so you don't fall out when I tell you this number, surpassed, you didn't grab the side of your seat, $1 trillion dollars. <laughs> And I know some of you, when I said that, think of uh, a movie that one million, okay, okay, never mind. One trillion dollars, that's kind of just mind-boggling. And that was last year, and this year, it's predicted to be above that. 28.8% of U.S. shoppers start their Christmas shopping in November, some even way earlier than that. How many of you got started way before November? Let me see your hands. Shame on you. <laughs> no, you're pretty impressive, uh, for sure. 62% of Americans buy their gifts the week before Christmas, and a small percentage of us buy them the day before Christmas. Come on, Walgreens, amen, let's go shop 24 hours, you know, that's me, okay, if you didn't get that. 2018, U.S. households spent an average of $1,536 during the Christmas holiday period. 23% of Christmas shoppers in the U.S. rely on social media to help them make the right choice. That can be a big mistake, just a sidebar there. 14.2% of Americans sell their possessions to fund Christmas spending, and 27.1 million real Christmas trees were sold last year. Can you say, wow, kind of feel like Linus when he said to Charlie Brown, this is not what Christmas is all about, right? Don't you love Charlie Brown Christmas? I mean, let's give it up for Charles Schultz. That's That's a classic in America. We spend a fortune on stuff that doesn't bring joy and certainly does not laugh. How many of you still have the gift you got for Christmas last year? Some of you are like thinking to yourself, I don't even remember what I got last year for Christmas. That's been like 360 days or so ago, and and it's been long forgotten for some of you. Some of you, not so much. Some of you ladies in here might have received some new bling on on the finger, and you're like, yeah, baby, I will not forget that. But most of us saw the Ronco products, and some of you are like, Ronco, what is he talking about? Some of you are like, yeah, I remember Ronco glass and bottle cutter. Man, that was the ticket. He cut up all them glass bottles. What is he talking about? Okay, we won't go down that road any further. But a lot of us don't even remember it. So instead of overdoing presence, let's follow God's model and give presence in CE. In the Old Testament, we're told that God dwelt among his people in the desert in a cloud or on a, a column of fire and then later the presence of God dwelled in the tabernacle and the temple and God would dwell within a, a sinful people because the priest could go and offer animal sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people but that was only a what? A temporary solution because the blood of an animal cannot take away our sins and cleanse us from all that unrighteousness in and of itself. And so this is where Christmas comes in. God's plan from the beginning of time was to send one person to be both the priest to offer the sacrifice and the sacrifice himself to atone for all of our sins. And the birth account of of, of Matthew chapter one, if you have your Bibles, turn over there, beginning in verse 18, shares a whole lot about the identity of Jesus Christ and the hope that he and he alone brings for all of us sinners who desperately are longing for God and his presence to come. If you will, read with me out of Matthew's Gospel. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame. He resolved uh, not to divorce her quietly. But as he considered all these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. I love that. God always comes and, and assures us of what his plan is to us. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name what? Jesus, for he will do what? Save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? Means What? God with us and that brings us to the first thing on your outline it tells us very plainly and clearly and loudly that God cared enough to send his very best which was himself in the form of his son Jesus Christ to come down and dwell among us to come down and take on a human form when he did not have to but he chose to because he wanted to come and save us as Matthew wrote from our sins best news ever Look at me eye to eye right now for just a moment. This is everything. This is everything in life. Knowing that God loved us enough that he just didn't say, hey, I'm going to send a delegate. I'm going to send an angel. Or I'm going to tap a representative that I've got here on the outskirts of my my heavenly glory and send them down to kind of help you out in your terrible situation. No, he said, I'm going to come myself. Doesn't that do something to you when somebody you know you're close to you have that strong relationship with that you you count on and depend on when when you call them up and and you're in trouble or when they know that you're in in a tight situation they don't just tap somebody else that you don't really know that well or you're not not familiar with and say would you go and help my friend out no when they just put everything down and they jump in their car and they come to you themselves and they say what is it my friend? How can I help you? What do you need? I am here to do whatever I can to get you out of this situation and into a better place. I love you enough to come to help you. That's Christmas. (laughs) That is Christmas right there. That is the perfect picture of just what Christmas is all about. It's not about buying all these wonderful gifts and presents. not about giving all that stuff. No, it's about going ourselves just as God has done with us. I love that. John, in his writing, says that Christ was not just a gift for the people who walked in the world in the first century, Middle East. But John tells us that to all who have, what? Received him. To all who have believed in his name, to them he gives the power to be called, what? The sons of God. Now, that word all can anybody tell me what in the world that, that means? What's the definition of all? You bunch of scholars, I tell you what. You amaze me every week. It means everybody, everyone who will call his name, I want to be saved. You could. You're it. It's like going to the Oprah show when she still had her show, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, and everybody's just jacked up saying, yeah, we all get cars. That's amazing. Well, guess what? You get a car, and you get a car. I got these little matchbox cars. Don't get too excited because... But that's what John tells us, everybody who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved, period. So when we start thinking about the Bible and start walking through these passages, sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, man, that was just for those guys back then, 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago, but today it's not us, but but that's wrong. Because John and so many of the writers of the Bible who were inspired by the Holy Spirit tell us it's today, it's right now, it's for you and me that we are God's creation just as much as Moses and Adam and Joshua and David. And he loves us, and he said, you're going to need a Savior. <laughs> that curse of sin that entered there in the garden has is, is got to be broken. Sacrificing animals will not do it. Only the blood of the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, will take away the sins of the world. That means Jesus is God's material gift to humanity, even still to this day. So I've got great news, whatever you're fearful of, whatever has tried to destroy your life, whether death or oppression or injustice, whether you're just exhausted from trying to make it through or all the negativity that seems to be surrounding us in our daily lives in this nation that we live in that is in such turmoil right now, so divided right now whether it's a hopelessness that you feel you're at your wit's end and you're about ready to throw in the towel, whether you feel like there's no escaping the sin that has attached itself to your life and will not let you go seemingly, guess what? The greatest news ever is that Jesus came, that God came himself, that he showed up on the scene to rescue, to deliver, to heal, to set free, to complete our lives, to show us who he is and what he has for us but sadly, just like in that day and time, it's not always well-received. How I many of you remember reading in the story somewhere about this guy named King Herod who heard that there was a birth of a king of kings that was coming? And you know what happened to Herod? He felt threatened. Why? Because he was selfish. Now, I know none of you beautiful people in this room have ever dealt with selfishness in your life, right? You, you don't struggle there, Right. You're so giving and so loving, you just just pour yourself out to others and and put yourself way on the back burner. So You don't even know what that struggle's like, but Herod dealt with that in his life. He was envious. He was jealous. He was power-hungry. He was crazed. He would not surrender his throne to the point that when he heard this was happening, he decided to have all the babies, two years and under, killed because he was wanting to snuff out the new king that was to be born in Bethlehem. The sad thing is today is that so many still reject Christ, the greatest gift ever, that God himself came in human form and said, I'm here for you to deliver you, save you, set you free, and all that. And some people still say, thanks, but no thanks, because I'm going to be like old Blue Eyes Frank Sinatra and do it my way. So you're he's really reaching now. But please know this. Everything that God has done for us with Christmas is all driven from his great love for us. There's a verse of scripture, you probably haven't heard of it. It's a little quaint verse that's kind of tucked away and doesn't get a lot of attention. It's John 3, 16. Note that somewhere. That tells us, for God so liked the world, felt indifferent about the world, that, what, no, (laughs) that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish. How many of you are my age again that are somewhere in the near 42 like me, (coughs) excuse me, Um, that remember that you used to watch ball games, football games, and, and baseball games, and there was always people there with these big signs that said what? John 3.16. I was watching a little bit of the championship football game yesterday. I think it was Ohio State and Wisconsin maybe. I, I was swimming back and forth between them and Clemson and Virginia and all you Clemson fans. like whoop, okay. Uh, and, and somebody behind the goalposts when they were about to kick a, an extra point, somebody holds up this big white sign that says John 3.16. I was like, yes, revival's coming in the land. The, the sign is back. But everything that Christ has done, everything that God has done was all driven out of his great heart of love. Guess what? For you and me, for us today. So how dare we reject such great of love that would leave all of heaven, that would go through that everything Christ went through for our salvation, the the brutal beatings and and scourging and and the plucking of the the hair off of his face and the the crown of thorns just pressed upon his head where blood was flowing the the whip on his back and finally the, the spikes driven into his wrist into his feet on that cross he agonized because he was God man he was man God I don't know how all that works but I know it works and he did it all with you in mind, you in mind, and you and all of us and all of humanity that would ever grace the face of this earth because that's how much he loves us. And how dare we return anything less than all that we can to him in our lives of worship. Because he loves us, he came. He came for every one of us. Secondly, on your outline there, the Christmas account also shows us that it's good to give gifts, but it's even better to deliver them personally. How many of you remember the story of the the wise men? Those, whoever they are. We don't know a whole lot about them. Their only account is really given to us in in Matthew's gospel, the first 12 verses. We just know that these guys were what? Were wise. (laughs) Thus called the wise men. We history's kind of tagged that there were three of them. We don't even know that the Bible doesn't say there's just three of them. We you know uh, the song talks about you know we three kings from Orient. Or, we don't even they're not from the Orient. We do know a few things. We don't know everything, but the Christmas story itself is full of journeys. Because if you think about it, Joseph and Mary, they journey. The angels, they travel from heaven. The the shepherds, they travel to the manger. Joseph and Mary and Jesus all travel to Egypt to escape Herod's death. But probably one of the most famous journeys is about the, the wise men. So, what do we know? Because most of the time, how many of you have a nativity scene that you set up at your house somewhere? Okay, a few of you still still have that. And that's great. And most of the time we just know these guys stand quietly in the background and uh, most nativity scenes wearing their strange robes and their crazy hats, right? Just kind of looking. But they offer us some powerful lessons, and I'm gonna run through through those very quickly. What we get from the wise men in their journey is number one, they were seekers. They wanted to know truth. Would you write that down somewhere? I want to know truth. Because the Bible tells us we can know the truth, and the truth will what? Set us free. How many of you like being free? Woo! Free indeed. We'll know the truth. The truth set us free. They were after the truth, and so they studied. They looked for wisdom. The wise men even looked outside their own tradition, outside of their own religious background. They were not content to just sit and passively take it in. what they were told, they were seekers, and they were also watchers. Not only were they seeking knowledge in ancient books and scriptures, but they were watching the world around them. Quite a few people had had access to the Jewish scriptures containing the prophecy of the Messiah. But it seems that only these few noticed this strange light in the heavens and made the connection. These wise men were engaged in their world watching for a sign of God. Church, we've got to open our eyes to everything that's going on around us. We've got to see the God moments that are all around us, the God things that are happening every single day. Why? Because if we get tunnel vision on our stuff, our problems, our situations, our selfishness, all that stuff, guess what? Whoop, it goes right by us, and we miss God too often. These guys were watching. They were looking. They were seeking. They were also followers. When they finally saw the sign, write this down, they dropped everything, and they went after Jesus. That is an amazing thing. And, and please understand, it wasn't, wasn't a light overnight, or this had, had to have taken months is what history kind of tells us. Like any long trip, it took planning, it took a whole lot of money to outfit a caravan, to employ guards, to get the gifts and buy provisions and, and line up places to stay along the way. But their commitment to find where God was showing up caused them to reorganize their whole lives. And that's exactly what Jesus does when he really gets a hold of our, look at me right now, church, when Jesus gets a hold of our lives, it causes us to wrap everything around who he is and what he's doing and what he wants to do in us that we reprioritize things and say you know what no more my stuff god i want your stuff i want you to be the leader of my life i want you to be the center of everything and i'm going to pack it all up and i'm going to go after you hard god i'm going to find you and i'm going to serve you and i'm going to worship you and i'm going to put my stuff Behind me, I'm gonna crucify the flesh and all of its stuff to the cross, God, and I'm gonna march after you. I got a little excited there. They were followers, they dropped everything, they ran after God, and they were faithful. I'm gonna tell you a trip like this is a massive step of faith. They had some ancient scripture, not even from their own tradition. They had this strange light in the sky. They had no guarantees. They had no address. And this is going to blow some of you away. (laughs) They had no GPS system. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you might want to call it GPS galaxy. Pointing system. I don't know. I'm reaching. But listen, they were faithful. And they were determined. And one more big lesson we learned from them. They were worshipers. Two things about it: We're told in Scripture, for sure, that they brought their best gifts—some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. I know what the first one is, is frankincense and myrrh. Kind of know what they are, but in this day and time, that was the stuff. That was the iPhone twenty-three. I, I what number are they on? I don't know. they were seeking God but not for what they could get out of the journey they were seeking with the intent to give because along with presenting the very best of what they had the Bible says when they arrived they worshipped oh church that we would have that mentality that when we get to church man we worship we put all the crap of life behind excuse my French behind us all the stuff that just wants to take up space here and here that it doesn't belong, if we just leave it all behind, see Jesus for who he is, fall on our faces in worship. What a great, great model. So it begs the question, are we this wise that we would travel, that we would go In person and bring our gifts. Are we? Seekers, or are we sitters? Do we really care to know the truth? Or are we watchers? Do we retreat from the world into a comfortable space, or do we engage the world looking for where God might show up? Do we follow wholeheartedly when we have a sense that God is, is asking uh, something of us? Do we follow through? Do we step out in faith? Do we require guarantees from God before we will take one step or, or another? Or, or are we worshipers? Do we seek God simply for what we can get out of it, or do we bring our very best gifts to honor Him and worship Him and present? ourselves in person where's your christmas journey headed christmas tells us that god has come seeking us right boy isn't that some good stuff how many of you ever been lost how many remember as a kid you go to the store with your mom might have been dillard's or belt if you lived uh, around here and grew up around here how many remember the best hiding place was those big old round racks of clothes Mom would turn her head for a minute. You'd go, Then you'd be in there a while thinking, she should have found me by now. I think I might need to peek out and find her. You get out there and you look. She has gone. <laughs> and All of a sudden, your little hearts just start pounding like, okay, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> it started out fun, but boy, it quickly changed. And mom, where are you? And boy, around the bend, here she comes. I'm going to kick, the, kick the, You can't understand the words she's saying, except you know you're in trouble. See, kids' today don't know what the hickory dance is. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Brian, that's the biggest reaction I got at Brian in three years. At hickory dance, when they take one of your arms and hold it up in the air, and they take their other arm that's not holding your arm up in the air, and they start just whamming. And you doing that hickory dance going, no, mama, no, mama, no, please, I'm sorry. And you're getting that hind quarter smoked, as we used to say back in the day. And then you think to yourself, when it's all said and done, you quit snubbing, crying. (laughs) I'll never do that again. Man, that was dumb. (laughs) When you're lost and you know you're lost, there is no greater feeling than being found. And that's why Jesus came. Listen, for us to take presence ourselves, it's not easy many times. For us to give of ourselves, to, to be present, it's not easy. It's gonna take some time, man. These guys journeyed for, for around two months best estimate time of, of, of searching for the Christ child, and, and, and so it, it takes some time. It, it's worth the risk. It can be dangerous. I mean, Herod had already told these guys. He heard they were going to find Christ. He told them, come back and report to me where he is, because I want to go and worship him myself. Lie, right? Wasn't true. He wanted to go and destroy this threat to his kingdom. So it can be dangerous. It can be risky, but it's always worth the risk, it's a great investment when we give ourselves because this is the gift that outweighs every other gift to show up. And that leads us to the last thing in our time together in the Word, and that is we've received presence. Let's give presence. Jesus told his disciples to go out and minister in Matthew chapter 10, and I'm sending you out to to go and preach and and, and deliver and heal and set free and raise the dead and cast out demons. And he says this in the last part of verse 8, and I'm just going to give you this last line. He said, freely you have received, freely you give. You might want to write that down somewhere. Freely I have received, freely I will give. Listen to me, church. God didn't bless us just so we can hold on to it and keep it to ourselves. God blessed us to be a blessing. God pours through us because he knows he can trust us, or at least I hope he can, that we're not just going to hold on to it and build more barns and store more stuff and keep it to ourselves. No, he's saying, as I give to you, you go out and give to others. Go out and give them the love that I've shed in your life and poured out on you. Go out and give them the hope that you found in me. Go out and give them the J-O-Y that is inside of you because people desperately need joy today and love today and hope today and forgiveness today. They need it all. They need it all. And we have it as the people of God. All that and so much more. And he says, freely you have received that. Freely you go and give that. That should get us excited. Go and give what you have. Jesus sent them out to give what we've been giving life to the fullest. You know what I'm talking about? That life that nothing else in this world can can compare to. Here's what I want to tell you: Let's not just throw money and stuff at people and situations. Let's throw ourselves. You ever been around somebody like that that they don't want to get involved, they don't want to be showing up, but they'll just here. I'll send a check or I'll give here, I'll give a thousand dollar here. I'll do this. Nothing wrong with that because we need money, right, to do things. But it's, it's something in a whole nother level when we give of ourselves, when we literally show up. So here's what I'm challenging you with as we close this part of our time together up. Your family, my family, our families, would you agree with me that they need us to be present and accounted for? that we need each other, that we need to be there for each other, that we need to, to love each other in that tangible way that we are there with one another. Now, I'm not saying we build a commune and we can all just escape to that and, and spend 24 seven with each other out there in that commune, nobody working outside, and I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that family needs to be a priority that we need to come together, that we need, as much as depends on us, to, to be there with one another. What about friends? Friends need us. We need friends. We need to be present in our friendship and not some kind of distant check-in every once in a blue moon kind of friend. But, but we need to walk in fellowship and relationship together in that way. The Bible talks over and over about the value of friendship and how precious that is. And a friend loves at all times and on and on. What about those in need around us? Those that legitimately have fallen on hard times, not not the scammers. I mean, but, hey, you know, we just give and we, we let it be up to the Lord, but we do the best we can. But there are tons of people around us that are suffering in need right now in some way, shape, or form, right? How often do we just pass on by and say, yeah, somebody else will help them. Oh, they deserve that. Oh, they put themselves in that situation. Christ called us to be the hands and feet of himself to go to those that were in prison. He said, you know, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. When I was hungry, you gave me some food. When I was thirsty, you brought me cold water. They said, when did we do all that to you? When were you in jail? I didn't know about your background. You got a record, really? What was that like? I mean, no. They were just like freaking out. And he said, no, it's when you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Those people in need around us need us to show up, right? What about lost people? Some of you in this room might be in that situation. We want to show up for you. If you do not know Jesus personally in your own life, that is the greatest need ever. And there are thousands, hundreds, and thousands of lost people around us each and every day, each and every week. What Christ calls us to do is this take them the gift of Him. Take Jesus to our world. Take the, the glory of the gospel. Take the good news message. Be that message. Be that gospel. Be that love to those around us, but I'm gonna tell you something every Christ follower inevitably struggles with, and that is having that heart of recognition for lost people. We get settled in, we get in a groove, and you know what, when we're not careful, We don't even remember what it was like to be lost ourselves. We don't even remember that we are rubbing shoulders every day with people who are hopelessly apart from Jesus Christ and need so desperately to know that he came for them. I'm going to tell you something, church. What if we lived with that recognition? What if that recognition helped drive us this week and compelled us this week to open our eyes, open our hearts and and pray and reach out and love people and be that God? Gospel, that good news to those that are lost around us. And how about this? How about show up for your church family? Man, it's quiet in here. Thank you, Jesse. Me and Jesse, we we tied on that one, ain't we, Jay? Show up for your church family. Show up corporately. Come to church. Support the mission of the church. Be a part of the family in full. Don't just be no part-time, I'm going to show up here and there, I'm going to bounce in and out as I can, or, or if there's a football game, I don't have tickets or whatever, I might come. No, be a functioning part of your church family. Show up. And when you show up, show up ready. Show up ready to give and be invested and and, and go all out to serve and reach those who are hurting and in need. Show up saying, How can I help? What can I do? I'm here. This is my church family, and I want to be a part of the mission of this family. We do things like Jingle Jam that's coming up when? Next Sunday evening. Pastor Scott wasn't lying. This place needs to be jam-packed. We need to be opening up doors, setting up chairs out on the patio and, and, and piping things. I mean, we need to reach out as a family and fill this place. So every Sunday morning, this place should be filled to overflowing. Now, I'm not saying in all this that when we talk about giving, I'm not saying we don't give presents this year. Everybody clear on this? I, I should have backed this up, uh, said this a while back, but we're not talking about, no, I don't want get, to get you guys on Christmas morning around the tree and your kids are in there going, It's Christmas morning. Mom, Dad, you got some explaining to do. I mean, there's a tree, and we can really see the the little piece of cloth around the tree really well this year because there's nothing on the cloth. What's it? No, we're not talking about We're talking about balance, right? Everybody understand what I'm saying? And we're talking about showing up, being invested in our family, being present in our church family as well. You're like, oh, he spent more time on this one than the other ones he spent. No, no. They are all equally important. But man, we we just gotta be all in. We gotta have that heart that says, I am going to be present in all of these wonderful things that God has called me to. So I just want to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to understand this, this morning as we close this time, we, we can't give what we don't have. So if you're in this room or you're watching us right now, or you're going to watch later on this week, I ask you the most important question. Have you received the gift of Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? in your own life have you said yes to the greatest gift ever period to Christ to Emmanuel God with us and if not then here's what I want to ask if you would just let me know that in this room right now by lifting your hand and it's just me and you looking at each other right now so if you would say, Pastor, you know what? I need Jesus to come. Maybe maybe you've, you've served him before, but maybe that's grown cold, and maybe you've kind of walked away. He never walks away. He pursues us continually. But maybe you're in here right now and say, Pastor, you know what? I need to reprioritize. I need to, to, to have Christ come in. Save me. Change me from the inside out. Would you just raise your hand right now? And I want to know how to pray for you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How many others? Just lift your hand up right now. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, folks, for being real today and expressing your greatest need because God's here to meet that greatest need through His Son, Jesus. Maybe you're in this room and you would say, you know what, I've gotten kind of selfish or lazy or lackadaisical. I don't know what it might be. Whatever it is that you haven't been showing up for whatever area or areas that you know in your heart you need to be present for. You need to show up. You need to go all in. You need to throw yourself instead of just throwing resources, time, and or money and, and, and stuff at, at these all important aspects of your life. Would you just say right now, Pastor, would you remember me in this closing prayer that I would, I would show up, I would begin to show up and, and be there for real, not be there and be discri- distracted, but be there all in. Would you just raise your hands across this room and say, "That's my need." Thank you, sir. Thank you. How many others? Raise your hands up today. I know God's speaking to hearts and lives. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Would you just raise your hands across the room real quick. We're gonna we're gonna have a word of prayer. We're gonna worship God through song one more time, and then we're gonna we're gonna dismiss you, folks, so you can go out and begin to be present. As a matter of fact, would everybody just stand up across this room and a number of you raised your hands for both of these calls. I just want to ask this today. We've got a crowd that would probably allow this more so than than other Sundays. I just want to ask everybody just to to take a step right now towards the front here. Just to take a step, whether you raised your hand or not, just to come and, and let's gather around this altar and let's just pray together that God would use us. As a great gift this Christmas to those that we come in contact with in the days and the weeks ahead. That God would use us as as a vessel of His glory and His honor and His goodness and His power and His love and His majesty. That we would be like that star that was shining, that the wise men followed, that people would be attracted to us and be drawn to us because of the, the, the light of Christ in us. Would you? just do that and would you help me as we're praying this prayer that these folks these several folks that raised their hands and said i need jesus to be lord of my life to come in and save me and the the greatest need that any of us would have would you just pray for them as well would you maybe reach over and take hands with people around you i don't care if you know them or not get to know them this is a holiday season what a great time to to build that that family that love father thank you so much for loving us to the extent that you do, which is that you go all out to come and save us and rescue us, that you give your very best, your son, Jesus, to come and to be that sacrifice and that savior. The only way that we had a chance to be restored in our relationships, for those that raised a hand right now, and, and most of those folks over here to my right, God, I just thank you that as they open up their hearts and their lives, and they pray, and they ask you to come in and save them, God, that you do exactly that. You come and you save them from their sins, that you fill them with who you are, your love, your goodness, your great salvation, and you become Lord of their lives, that you lead their lives in every aspect as they surrender and they follow you. For all of us inside this room and outside this room, God, We present ourselves as living sacrifices, as as the Bible tells us to do so, that you would come and that you would grow in us, God, as we are discipled and grow in you and become strong men and women of God, that we understand that you've called us to go and be present in the lives of those around us and all those scenarios we we laid out this morning. And, And even more than that, God. That we are your chosen vessels, that we are your people, that we are salt and light, that we are the ones that, that house the glory of God in these earthen vessels. And you send us out because freely we have received and freely we choose to give. So right now I pray a Christmas anointing upon us as a church to go out and be gifts to the people around us, even in the hard times, God even in those crucial moments where we're pressed and we're tested, God, where we're we're cut off in traffic trying to get to Kohl's, Lord, and buy that last gift or, or, or somebody that doesn't even acknowledge us at a Christmas party, God, we won't let that kind of stuff bring us down, Lord. We'll just rejoice in you even more instead of getting upset. We'll love people just as you love us, God. So right now, we celebrate one more time in song. And we thank you for the greatest gift ever, the gift of Jesus. Amen. Worship Him, church. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.